When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today we're going to look at a a text of scripture that Jesus speaks and think about how his words can help us live in this world today. I want to thank you all who have uh, pre-ordered my latest book, Uh, Don't always weird doing promotional stuff on this website, but uh, I've got a new book out called Post Traumatic Jesus. It should be mailed in just a few days if you buy it online. I recommend buying it from the Book Burrow in Pflugerville, Book Burrow TX, or from a local bookstore or however you can get it. If you want me to mail you an autographed copy, let me know and I will do that. Um, you know, to get the book to you. So I want people to read it um, and help it move into the world. I think there's a message in it. If you look at an episode, I think four episodes previous to this one, I've got a reading from the beginning of it that might be helpful, um, but I'll do some more readings to integrate it into the program here. So maybe someday when you feel like you need to meet the post-traumatic Jesus, you can meet him in this book, um, as I have met him in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can it be salty? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until it is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. One of the things I love about being a parish priest, um, even though my little fellowship is not a parish yet by status, it functions as a parish and we are moving in that direction. That's kind of how church plants work. And in the Episcopal Church, you start out as a missional community that's you know focused on maybe one activity and then move to a fellowship, which is sort of a church that is forming in fellowship and then a mission Um, which is a little more organized and established, and then a parish, which is largely self-governed and self-financed as well. But um, we're kind of in that early stage. But one of the things I love about it is that we have so many normal people in our church. And I don't mean that they're normal in any sense of not being unique. Every person in our church is, as, as even though it's logically inconsistent to say, they are very unique. Um, 
they each are bring something to this community that none of, nobody else can bring, and that is themselves and their gifts. Um, and that is the most wonderful thing about all communities is that when someone's missing, we miss them, and we also miss the parts of us that related to them in a certain way. I think about this in my running group. There was a runner that was injured um, a number of months ago who has been recovering. And, uh, you know, I was coming, finishing the run. It was pretty hard, 20 miles yesterday. And I thought, ah, the conversations are different when they're here. There's a little different vibe to the conversation. And I missed that. And I miss them, but I also miss that, that part in us that they brought. And that is something about community. And I love that about church community is that um, really it's everybody's personality mingling and mixing and, and being there in that situation. And and we have so many normal people. And what I mean by that is Christians who know that Jesus is real, who know that Jesus is alive, who have some sense that God has spoken in the world and maybe even to them. And that is the basis of their faith. It is not some extremely elaborate argumentative system. It is not always just that um, they're doing it because somebody else did it, their parents or something. But ultimately, they have this feeling and reassurance that God is real and God is present in this world. And they're there at church, but they're normal in the sense that they're there to live the Christian life, ultimately to love God and love their neighbor. I, and I, I guess I say this because I have not been a normal Christian for most of my life. I have been a professional Christian. <laughs> um, you know, it's a weird to do this from childhood. I was a teenager when I first joined the, the ministry men, oh boy, in evangelicalism, only the men are given that um, freedom to pursue ministry, ordain ministry. But I was part of a little group of guys in high school who were intended to go into ministry, and many of us did. Um, and some of us have found other paths from that those days. But that was sort of the trajectory of my life, set pretty early. And every chance I got to preach, I would do it, even if it was in a place that nobody else wanted to preach, like rescue missions, nursing homes, where sometimes the audience wasn't so uh, aware of what you were saying, or they were not always visually indicating they were listening. But it was good. Um, it was good for me to do that because I learned to to really try to speak to the people that I was talking to, rather than some other audience that wasn't there. And you know, I did this from childhood, so my life has not been normal in that sense. Um, I've always sort of had this trajectory. A few times in my life. That I felt that maybe it's over. Maybe my time in ministry as a professional is done with. I think anybody who's in any profession has moments like that where you say, well, I guess that's it. Either the burden is too much, the emotions, the job situations, whatever it is. But I've always come back to the fact that this was God's calling from the beginning, and I'm going to stick with it until God tells me to stop. But I've not been a normal Christian. So much of my Christian life has been wrapped up in institutional life of the church and how I fit into that and how I am seen by others. And and yet, deep underneath all that, every time I kind of 
the, the hammers of life, the pickaxes of life, the dynamite of life blasts down through the shell of my professional identity as a priest and pastor, um, and that falls away or that gets shattered or broken in some way. Below that is always Jesus. Um, he's always been there for me. He's always been someone that I could trust, and I knew who he was, and I knew he had called me. And that is, that is the truth about me, that um, I know that that's true. And I know that even if, you know, the worst things I can imagine happens in my professional career, whatever that might be, and I can't do it anymore, um, that I'll always be with Jesus because that is what I want to have is a normal Christian life, a normal Christian life. And that is trusting God, following Jesus, and listening to the Holy Spirit. I think those, the normal Christian life is pretty simple. And Jesus says that in this text, in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the normal Christian life. It's not a, there are rules to it. And this is what he talks about today. He's talking about the life of the temple and Christians' relationship to the temple and to the scribes and the Pharisees who control the temple. He's talking about this, but he's saying the salt is related to both uh, the economy it's related to cooking and food. It's also related to temple worship. Um, you are the salt of the earth. You are the temple of God. The, the, you are the light of the world. The idea that the temple was supposed to be a light and a beacon to the Gentiles, to the nations around. Um, and sometimes it was, for sure. Um, but Jesus saw that that was, not, um, that was not happening in his day. In fact, the corruption of many, much of the temple leadership was le- leading to the opposite conclusion for most people. But you are the light of the world. You, as a normal follower of Jesus, are the light of the world. You don't have to do anything to be that light. So when you do good works, which are not religious good works, they are works of mercy, works of love, works of listening. When you do that, and I think one of the ways the church does that today as we think about Black History Month is to listen to the experiences of black people that we know and that we read about in books and we see on screen, um, to listen to them. That is an act of love, and the church has to do that. The white church has to do that, as we have not always listened to the experiences of black people, especially those that are in our midst. There's not a lot of solving of these things instantly, and that's, I know, for a lot of us, if we can't solve it in five minutes, it seems like, why even try? But the first task of love is listening, and we have to do that as a church. That's how our light shines. Um, and then he says, do you think I came to abolish the law and the prophets? Um, the law and the prophets are the Old Testament, the Torah and the, the Navi'im, the prophet books, and um, Ketuvim too, but like, Law and the Prophets is a good way to think of the whole Old Testament, as we call it, the Hebrew Bible, um, the Tanakh. There's a lot of different names for it. Christians um, have historically used the word Old or New Testament, Old and New Covenant, to describe that relationship. But ultimately, um, that is the bedrock of our faith, and that's not going away. The law is still the same, and law works in a strange way. We break the law, and the law breaks us. The Ten Commandments are still in effect. They haven't changed. And yet Jesus 
as he says here, fulfills the law. That as the law breaks us and we break the law, it is God's grace that comes in to sustain us in that, in that time of uncertainty. That is what Jesus is, is always meant to do. And that is what God was always doing in the Old Testament. God was always doing this, making provision for the real experience of being human. That ultimately to keep the covenant was simply to just come back to it when you strayed. There wasn't any, um, any, anything other than that. It was always the open invitation was always there to come back to the covenant. And we do that through Jesus Christ as Christians. And really he's saying that um, the Pharisees and the scribes are right. They're right about everything. It's just that their, their, way of, their, their specifics are not right. They're right about everything. But the way that, that the kingdom of God is changing is different now. That the passing away of all the law and the prophets will never happen. The law and the prophets will always be read by Christians. And if you're not reading the law and the prophets as a Christian, you're not a normal Christian. Um, ultimately, we read the stories of the Old Testament, we interpret them, we learn from them, and we read them through the light of Jesus. That is what Jesus is calling his followers to do here in this text. But never to say that the, that the scribes and Pharisees are wrong. They're absolutely right. And, it's, and the closer you get to their work, the closer you'll get to God through Jesus Christ. This is not some new thing that he is doing. What Jesus is doing is consistent with all the program of God, what God has been doing all throughout humanity's life, calling us into a deeper love, calling us into a deeper covenant with God and with each other. Love God, love your neighbor. That's all we have to do. And even that is not really doing anything. It is just receiving the love. So feel that love today. Bask in that love. Wallow in that love because it's love for you. It's love for you as a unique, normal person. You don't have to understand everything about Christianity to follow Jesus. You just have to know him. And when you get to that door and you're like, hey, um, I think I'm on the list. Jesus walks over and says, yeah, he's with me. He's with me. She's with me. They're with me. That's what it is. Amen. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.